0: the Queen of Com podcast. I'm your host, Paisley Hadhead. Today's episode is the third edition of The Queen's Court, a special edition episode released monthly, where I chat with two fabulous calm girls about inter- industry topics and college life in general. Today, I'm joined in t- today's episode by Skylar Caruso and McKenna Jera. Why don't we start out with you both introducing yourself?
1: McKenna, you wanna go first? <laughs> sure. I was waiting for you to go, first. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, so
2: hi everyone, I'm McKenna. Um, I am a senior, I'm a communications major and I have a concentration in journalism.
1: Hi everyone, I'm Skylar. I am also a senior, I'm a communications major and I have a concentration in journalism and public
0: relations. Awesome, well welcome ladies. And so how did you both get interested in communications and journalism?
2: Um, I can start. Um, So (laughs) I actually came into Marist as a fashion merchandising major. Um, So my idea was that I was going to become like a fashion writer writing for Vogue about like runway shows and trends. And that was like my dream. Um, So I came in as fashion merchandising. um, And then I quickly realized that I wanted to expand my writing beyond just that. Um, And fashion merchandising, I realized the classes were focused a lot on merchandising, so trend forecasting, um, like supply chain management, which is not like what I wanted to do. So I switched to journalism. Um and through those classes, I discovered that I really wanted to do like long form magazine writing, which kind of like split off from like fashion writing, which I don't know, I'm still kind of interested in that too. So I don't know, just that is how I became interested in calm and journalism as a whole.
1: Yeah. That's so funny. I kind of feel like I have a similar experience regarding fashion. Um, coming into college, I originally thought I wanted to do something with fashion. So I actually like looked at FIT because that's just like the school of fashion, obviously, but they were like, you either have to join like the business school or the design team or the design school, but you can't really do both. So I was like, I don't know if I'd like want to commit to fashion as a whole, or like fashion design, just choose one or the other. But coming to Marist really allowed me to do both because they have such a great fashion program but also a communications program too. So I'd be able to like double major or major and then minor. So now that I'm here at Marist, I um, I ended up just sticking with communications and um, I didn't end up using uh, the fashion merch minor but how I got interested in comm to begin with was I had an opportunity to um, be a correspondent for Seventeen magazine at such a young age, honestly, I think it was it was bef- before high school. Going into high school, that's how I first got started. And so I would um, serve as their social media correspondent and cover different events and red carpets and um, festivals and concerts. And it was so much fun, and that really introduced me to the world of entertainment and broadcast journalism. Um, and so I had so much fun doing that, and it was really great experience that. I was like, I'm gonna, I can major in something like this and then end up making a career out of it. So I was lucky that I found a passion at such a young age that coming into college, it was easy in knowing what I wanted to do when I got here. So it's been really great studying communications and kind of learning like the behind the scenes and the background, um, giving me that foundation to now move forward after graduation.
0: You guys made such good points about, you know, and I'm so glad you mentioned that too, about, you know, coming to Marist and having this one plan that you wanted to be in fashion and then you kind of like change your plan based on your passion. So what advice do you have for freshmen who are kind of in this virtual world and trying to, I mean, so, sorry, seniors in high school, I should say, rather than college freshmen yet, but they're trying to find their major in, in one of their passions.
1: I mean, yeah. honestly, it's it's tricky and it's tough and like, there's no right answer because it's different for everybody. Honestly, when you get to college, like there are people that don't know what they wanna do, even when they're seniors and they're graduating. So it's totally okay to come in undecided, I, I believe. I know there are people that come to school undecided and then they figure it out just by taking a bunch of different classes and just having an open mind. Truthfully, that's what I feel is most important. And then taking classes and ex- like getting outside of your comfort zone and trying different things because you never know what you might like um, after being introduced to it.
2: Yeah, I would have to agree. I would say that there's a lot more opportunity in college than you think there is to try classes that you d- don't fit within like your idea of your major. So I've taken, I don't know, I feel like 10 classes that don't count towards COM, but you know they're just kind of extras in my schedule, but I squeezed them in and I loved every single one of them. Um, and I feel like when you first come into college, you think like, oh, if I'm doing calm, like all my classes are going to be comm related I don't have room for anything else but you really do and you can kind of tailor it to any interest that you have and I think that it's important to just pursue whatever even like piece or interest even a little bit I think just like go for it.
0: Yeah I totally agree with you guys and I think that's one of the best parts about communications because you know people think oh well I'm going to be tied down to one major like you know if you're a biology major you had to stick with that but you know, you can really do anything in any industry because everyone needs, you know, a a journalist on that beat or, you know, a publicity person for their company. So I think that's one of the greatest parts of calm that we've all been able to enjoy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good point you make. Like you can take what you learn in communications and then apply it to so many other different industries. Like being a communications major and a writer, you too, McKenna, like we are not majoring in fashion, but like we have the skill set to like understand how to apply communications and journalism to maybe the fashion industry um, and then you obviously learn so much just by doing things so it's not even so much like don't stress so much about the classes you take because like once you start getting out there through internships and personal experiences just meeting people talking to people you'll learn so much more than the classroom personally
0: definitely and you both have you know had some pretty impressive internships outside of the classroom so Can you both talk about your journalism experiences and how those have kind of helped you in your classes and your college life in general?
2: Yeah, I kind of like echoed exactly what Skylar just said is that I've learned so much in my internships that if I didn't have them, I think that my, I learned a lot in the classroom, but I think that I learned even more like on on the job. You take what you learn in the classroom and then you go work at a publication or a website and you learn even more. Um, so my first internship was after my freshman year. I interned for Her Campus. Um, so there's a Her Campus chapter at Marist and there's one at almost every college in the country. But then there's also the national Her Campus website um, and they're based out of Boston, which is where I'm from. So I got to intern with them in summer after my freshman year and that was really an amazing experience. I hadn't taken too many journalism classes before. So honestly, I was shocked that I landed that internship, (laughs) but, um, it was so cool to be able to write, like, I don't know, I feel like one day I wrote like nine articles in one day. Like it was just so much like hands-on, um, experience in that, um, that just really prepared me for every internship and every experience after that. I find myself always going back to it. Um, I had the opportunity to just interview some really cool people. And that is terrifying at the beginning. I'm sure (laughs) Skylar, you know what I'm talking (laughs) about, like 13 interviewing celebrities. But um, yeah, but every time I interview someone now, I just think back to what I learned on the job and that internship and everything like that. Um, and then my sophomore year, I interned for a company in Boston. Again, um, it was just a restaurant marketing company. So that was entirely different from what I liked doing the most, which is writing like long form journalism stories. This was more like social media and everything. Um, which isn't exactly what I want to do like down the road, but I think that it really taught me a lot about what goes into a publication as a whole. Social media is a huge part of either promoting stories and just a huge part of journalism right now. So it was really great to be able to kind of gain that experience. Um, and then right now I'm interning with Boston Magazine. So third Boston company. <laughs> ah, I love it. Um, and yeah, this is more of like a traditional magazine. So local stories. um, And I've gotten to do a lot of writing, but also something I've never done before, which is kind of the back end of magazine production. So I get to see how long it really takes to put together a print publication. You're writing stories like two months in advance. Then you have like the really intense ship week, which is like when you're putting the magazine together, we have to fact check everything. And it's like nose to the grindstone, getting everything done really fast. Um, And it's cool to just be able to kind of witness it, but also be a part of it. So I think that's been pretty awesome as well.
1: That's That's amazing. I think you made a really good point too. And this is just goes back to more advice, but (laughs) about finding out that like through one of your internships it was social media, I think you said you weren't really a fan of, but like, that's also another important thing about interning is like you learn, what you don't like too. So Mm. everyone thinks like you intern, like you have to like that, you know, like that's what I'm going to do. But I mean, you learn so much more. than just what you like you you know where not to go so it's a learning experience in and of itself um but uh as for me um I I aside from the 17 experience that wasn't considered an internship but once I got to college my sophomore year I kicked things off at the tonight show with Jimmy Fallon and um I was in the social media department and um and that was really cool because going into it I just had figured after having so much social media experience with 17 that this would be another great um, outlet for me but it also introduced me to late night and production which I had a huge interest in going into it as well. Media and media studies is something that I'm also very passionate about and would love to combine my communications knowledge and background with that um, moving forward but So I learned so much there and it was a really, really great experience. And then from The Tonight Show, I ended up going to um, NBC Entertainment Publicity because I wanted to try publicity uh, side of things because, again, the communications, is I consider the communications major like a huge umbrella and underneath it, there are just so many different departments within. And so as a PR and journalism major, I wanted to really experience it all. And especially having just a big interest in the entertainment industry, I just wanted to know everything that makes it up just to get a full on understanding of which I like best. Um, so then I moved from um, entertainment publicity and that was TV. So that was promoting TV shows, which was really cool. So it was still kind of in like the production realm, television, still entertainment, which was good. Um, but then I wanted to try my hand at music. <laughs> so then I decided to go over to, I went to Sony music and interned there in their publicity department. And, um, and again, it was pretty similar to the entertainment, um, publicity internship at NBC, just because it's promotion it's publicity. It's, um, it's all kind of the same thing, but just from like the music perspective, which was really cool. Um, and then from there, I wanted to try out editorial and kind of go back to journalism and, um, because when I first started with 17, that's almost like broadcast journalism in a way and social media kind of all just tied together. Um, and so now being at, um, Tiger beat, it's been so much fun because I'm really learning tiger, Beat, I feel like encompasses so many different things. It's, it's writing, it's social media, it's production. It's just all around creative. Um, and that's really given me a great experience. And I've been there for a year now, so I'm really enjoying it. And, um, and, it's good to know both sides. I feel like PR and journalism really do go hand in hand because when I would be covering events um, for Seventeen, I would be like the journalism side, the journalist side. I would be on one side of the carpet and then on the other side of the carpet is going to be the talent and the publicist to come to me and pitch me their talent. So now being on the... So then it was good to learn the publicity side of things too to um, to get both sides to figure out how it works, so been really great, really
0: great experiences. Well, you both have had such cool experiences, like that, that's so awesome. And kind of bouncing off of McKenna's earlier point about the interview factor. So, you know, what tips do you have for students who want to get into journalism, but they're kind of timid to, you know, do that interview on camera or like for a print, if they're doing like a feature story or trying to get quotes, what, what kind of tips do you have for the interview process?
2: Yeah. I mean, I won't lie. I'm still scared of interviewing people. It's still making me nervous. Um, it obviously is a huge part of I feel like I do it every day, whether it's for class or for an internship, but it gets easier the more you do it. So I'm sure that the first interview you ever do, no matter who you're talking to, it's a little bit nerve wracking. You know, you don't want to, you want to know what you're talking about enough to be able to bounce ideas off of them and ask them follow-up questions. Um, But one of my pieces of advice kind of goes off of that is you're always going to have a couple questions that you want to ask the person that you're with, whoever it is. Um, but you have to be prepared for it to be a conversation. You don't wanna just you know, have their answer and then you ask a completely different question like 180 degrees to an entirely different topic. Um, and that I think helps make it a little less intimidating. Like you just kind of pretend that you're just talking to them about something that usually the person that you're talking to is very passionate or very well-versed in a specific thing. That's why you're interviewing them. Um, So they love talking about whatever it is you're talking to them about. So I think that, you know, just make it a conversation, try to be casual and play off of whatever they have to say.
1: Yeah. I was literally thinking like the same exact thing, what you're saying. One, like preparation is huge like you can't just go into an interview thinking you're gonna just wing it because then you'll be nervous they'll be nervous they'll feel like you don't care enough about them that you didn't prepare or take the time to do your research research is number one I think as well as proper It goes into preparation um like working for 17 and um and and interviewing celebrities on the carpet like it can't just be like I'm a fan of you you know it's like what did they come out with? What are they trying to promote? Look at the press releases that publicists send. So then you you know what you're congratulating them on or what you're talking to them about. Because then once you prove that you really know, um, that like that you prove that you're interested in them, then they're gonna give you that response that you want. And they'll really like let their guard down too, I think, and tell you um, detailed things that you wanna know. Um, and then another thing is just like, Treat them as people, like no matter who you're talking to, whether it's the owner of a small business or an A-list celebrity, um, they're, they're all people and they're all just just having a normal conversa- conversation with you. They're human, so don't like don't get intimidated by that. If anything, they're the ones that are nervous because they don't know what questions they're gonna be asked. You do, you hold the power. <laughs> so, um, but then it's also up to you to, to make them feel comfortable. And, um, and then by doing that, it's just turn it into a conversation. Like like McKenna was saying, um, transitioning is also like important too, because like you're obviously trying to listen to their answers, but at the same time, you're trying to think about the next question you want to ask. So there's kind of like a fine line, I feel like between like answering them, but then you don't want to answer too much and get too sidetracked because you, you're on an agenda and you have to ask them more questions too. So just kind of like, make an outline for yourself and have each question kind of like intertwine and like figure that out beforehand if you have like that much time to prepare um and then that would just be easier on yourself in in turning it into a conversation
0: yeah those are some great points from both of you and Skylar I saw your story the other day about when you interviewed Marshmallow. so (laughs) you know how do you deal with the unexpected in these types of situations
1: Yeah, that's that's definitely (laughs) something that I talk about all the time when people ask about interviews and like, has there been any challenges while interviewing people? And this was I I got to interview Marshmallow. I think it was in at it was 2017 at Coachella, and um, it was a really last minute interview. The publicist got back to me and they they set it all up, and so I got to go backstage, got to go in a in the trailer, and it was literally just me, Marshmallow, and (laughs) and the the publicist or his manager. And, um, and, you know, I was all prepared and ready. And, um, and she goes, oh, uh, the other thing is he doesn't talk. And I'm like, wait, so you want me to conduct an interview right now with somebody who doesn't talk? And they're like, yeah, that's his thing. Like, Marshall doesn't speak. And I was like, oh, right. Like, okay. So I was like, okay, I could I, let me just like think quickly on my feet here. And so I decided to figure out ways Like, what are some ways that I can get things out of him that he doesn't require speaking? And fortunately, this was not a podcast. It was visual. So like you could actually see him so he can do things. So I decided to ask him questions like on a scale of one to 10 because he could hold up his fingers. And so we would get an answer that way. I said he produces a lot of EDM music, which is electric dance music. Um, so he must see a lot of great dance moves. So what's his go-to dance move? So then he busted out some dance moves for me. And then he had a song that he was promoting at the time called Ritual. Um, So then I said, do you have any pre-show rituals, anything you can show us? So then just like visual things. So um, honestly, you really can't prepare for the unexpected or else it wouldn't be unexpected. So personally, I think you just have to uh, be creative. Um, Don't Don't like psych yourself out. Just kind of go with the flow. Um, When you put too much pressure on yourself, you get nervous and then you kind of have a brain freeze and then you're stuck. And then it's just like, "Ah, I don't know what to do. Just like, just, just go with it. I think honestly, Um, you'll figure it out. If you're a social person, you're in there with an intention,
0: um, you'll figure it out. Just got to be creative. That's such an awesome story. I bet you're going to be telling that for a long time. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Um, So kind of moving on to like a different type of interview. Do you guys have any advice for people who are interviewing for that big you know, summer internship this summer and you know what they can do to kind of stand out from other applicants?
2: I mean, I think this goes back to what Skylar was saying before about, about research and preparation. I think that you can't go into a big internship interview without being prepared. Um, they're definitely going to ask you why you want to work for that company and you have to have an answer and it should be a genuine answer. You know, you shouldn't be applying for something that you don't really want. And there should be a reason why you want to work there. And they want to know, like, what makes this position so important to you that you want to spend your entire summer working for them. Um, and I think that you do need to just be prepared to answer that question. I think that there's all different questions that they're going to ask you, but a lot of them are the same from, you know, internship to internship, you know, who do you, like, where's your inspiration from? What do you like to write about? Like, who do you look up to in your industry in your field? And stuff like that and it seems easy but when you're on the spot and you don't prepare I find my mind just goes absolutely blank like if you ask me what I'm interested in and I'm not ready to answer that question I just, <laughs> I'm not
1: interested in anything at all I have no idea it's um, so true so. I mean like you're always interested in something you know and like the hardest question for people is like tell me about yourself and then people like don't know what to say it's like you know yeah. everything about yourself like so preparation <laughs> yeah
2: totally yep. And it seems silly. Cause like, why do I have to prepare to talk about myself? But I don't know, it just gets very like overwhelming in the moment. So even if you have a little like 30 second elevator pitch about yourself and what you're interested in, and I think that's my best advice, just prepare <laughs> in advance.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. Um, yeah. Cause once you're prepared, it just, it honestly makes it like exciting. Like you're, it's like a game almost like you're going in there, you're, 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 you're ready, like whatever they're going to throw at you, like, you know what to do because you're prepared. And, um, and, and people think that like, oh, what if I don't know what to answer, like how to answer or like what to say? It's like, think of it as a conversation. Like we were just saying, you know, um, when you're having a conversation with somebody and they're talking to you, do you ever just say, oh, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Like you always have an answer, you know? So, so don't think of it as like question, I must have answer, that's right. Like there's no such thing, like just answer the question you normally would. Um, but I think another big question that is gonna be asked er, this time around would be how you spent your quarantine. There was a lot of downtime and um, and it was a really great opportunity for people to, this, that was a great opportunity for people to really stand out from others because I think a lot of um, people who are hiring are gonna be looking to see who took initiative who didn't fall asleep during this long, long break um, and who like did something. So I think if you have an answer for that, um, that's genuine, I think that'll really make you stand out um, and it will really just help you when preparing too. So I think that's just like, just thinking ahead. I feel like that's something someone's gonna ask. (laughs) Um, And then also like McKenna was saying, find something that you're passionate about and speak about it during your interviews because they could really sense passion. But one thing that helps me when I'm doing um, when I'm going on interviews is I have a bunch of like stories that I use as like, like context for my answers. So you're going to get the, the typical like, um, tell me a time that you, um, you were presented a challenge and then overcame it. Or uh, tell me about a time that you worked well on a team, you know, like, don't just be like like give one sentence answer like actually have stuff on like stories that line up with things on your resume to tell so like i always talk about the marshmallow story for like the challenge you've overcome you know so it's like you have an answer on like how you would overcome it but like back it up and give an example because they're basically asking you questions about your resume without asking questions about your resume so like they'll see things on there and it's good to now expand those bullet points and turn them into
0: real life stories. Yeah that's a great question that you brought up that they might ask about the quarantine activities because you know it's been almost a year now people have been working on so many different things had more downtime and you're right on that aspect Um, and also so now we're going to be entering you know the job force and media and you know doing interviews and everything so I just want to talk about a few topics in the industry right now. So a big thing, you know, speaking of people doing things during their downtime is, you know, this big rise of freelance journalism. Um, so what do you guys think about that big wave now that's coming through the industry of, you know, people kind of starting on their own or doing a blog or even, you know, just working for companies sort of freelance?
2: Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's a great opportunity to kind of get your foot in the door in different um, like publications or areas, especially I know that. I'm not sure I haven't started applying for jobs yet, but I'm sure it's gonna be a little bit more difficult this summer um, since, I don't know, you know, COVID. Um, But, you know, if you really want a job in journalism working for a specific publication or writing, but you can't get that full-time position, I think being able to freelance is a great way to kind of get some clips and get your name out there and get experience. Um, I know that it is probably very difficult to do. I've only had, I think like one successful freelance attempt, even though I've tried many times, Um, but it is something that you just have to work at. And I think that it gets easier the more you do it. Um, It does seem very daunting, you know, just finding an editor's email address and saying like, Hey, I really want to write about this cool thing. Like put your trust in me and let me write it. Um, But I think that it's a really great way to write about a ton of different things. no matter what the publication is, it doesn't hurt to just send an email and try to pitch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's a great way to really build your portfolio. And, you know, there's so many opportunities out there. So many things come up on LinkedIn, like, you know, looking for a person to write this or this, or always, you know, collaborating. So I think that's great. Um, And also another thing I know over this, over this past summer, the U S open, like started this new press system where they're having like journalists call in on sort of like a zoom thing. And then they get called on. And I think, you know, governor Cuomo is using it now too. So you know, do you guys think that's a good thing to be having journalists virtual? Or are you hoping that once COVID kind of slows down, you know, that um, journalists get back to the press room? Or would you rather keep it virtual?
2: I think that it's great. It's a great solution to like the problem of COVID that's happening right now. I think that it's better to have in-person journalists because I think that there's just so much more that they can report on and so much more that they can see and really get the sense of the event that's happening if they're in person. Um, however, if that's not possible, I think that digital newsroom is a perfect solution to that. It's the best that you can do. And they still get to talk to that person, say Governor Cuomo or whoever's speaking at the US Open or whatever. Um, it's a great way to still be able to do that. Um, but I do hope that in-person journalism um, can start up again. I know that even in my classes, I've had to just talk to people on the phone about a place that I've never even been or a business that I haven't been able to visit. Um, And it is kind of sad and it's a little bit difficult to write that way without really being immersed in the event or the space that you're talking about or being able to even see that person in person. but yeah, short answer is I hope that um, in-person journalism will start up again, but I do think that that's a good solution.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like journalists, they, we, <laughs> um, we, we thrive off of environment and like senses and really that helps tell the story. So it's really hard to do that when it's virtual. Um, but, but again, like obviously the time calls for it and we are obviously technologically advanced where we have the the materials to be able to do that and to have it virtual so it's obviously not stopping journalists which is really really great and it was a great solution for the situation that we're currently in but I do agree and wish that um or hope that things go back to being in person
0: soon yeah and and from like a PR aspect like I feel like that's that must be such like an exciting moment for like a publicist or like a press secretary to stand in that room and like talk to all the journalists like having their hands up and everything so I feel like we need that to come back like that'll be like totally back to normal like that'd be so awesome if we have that soon.
1: Yeah it's pretty interesting because I've been in some virtual press rooms before for um, different press junkets I was in one with um, like a team from Nickelodeon and Netflix and um, it was really cool how it was run because I was pretty curious about how it was run because I've been in um, real press rooms where you know, you are yelling at the talent and they just like <laughs> questions, throwing out questions, which is a really cool experience. Um, but uh, but yeah, I was really curious to see how it would be run now that it's virtual. And so like what they do is for anyone who doesn't know um, is you go into a room, like a, a Zoom, let's say it's on Zoom. So everyone goes on Zoom. And there's like multiple like breakout rooms. And so when it's like your turn, your outlet's turn to go and talk to the talent or whoever you're going to be interviewing um the people who are like running it so the people of like Nickelodeon would then let you in um would say like okay uh Skylar from Tiger Beat it's your turn to go into the room so then they would like send me over into like the breakout room I would go and do the interview so it's private um so it's just like me and and the people that I'm interviewing and then when I'm done they give you a certain amount of time so you're pretty limited um and then or I guess depending on the interview And then they, um, and then they'll send you back into the room. And so there's a bunch of different steps. um, And I'm sure they differ for every outlet or whoever you're doing the interview with. Um, But yeah, I'm pretty interested to know how it works at like the White House. I feel like it's a lot more security, even like on the internet, when it comes to like press rooms and things like that. I really don't know how that works, but I guess like not anybody, like I guess they have to be worried about like, people sending out the code or like the link to other people I, I don't know how that works but interesting yeah so maybe yeah, for the, security
0: reasons we should just
1: we should just do it in
0: person <laughs> yeah the, the, yeah the, the White House like press room fascinates me like I just binge scandal and like I see like I, I know it's not 100% real because it's a it's TV show but you kind of see like the behind the scenes and I'm like wow like I didn't know this sounds like so stupid to me but I didn't know that like the press actually gets to work in the White House every day. I was like, wow, like, that's so cool. Like, that's such an honor. I was like, that's crazy. I
1: actually don't think I knew that either.
0: That's interesting. And even like watching them now, like, I feel like in from the past, it's been like much more organized on like who they call on, like everyone gets to say their question. And I I don't know, I I just I just find that like funny how it changes over the years and like how the the rooms get different.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder if it will stay more like tame these days, like now moving forward, since they've created a system that's like more organized and versus everybody just yelling at once. <laughs> I don't know. But that that is a culture in and of itself. So uh, who knows, maybe it'll stay the same.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and now kind of moving on to more of like college life in general. So I asked this question in my first Queen's Court episode, and I got such good responses. I've been asking it like every single other time. But um, what's something that you both wish you could tell your freshman year self? I
2: feel like mine's kind of the opposite of what a lot of people would say, but I would tell myself to just relax and slow down. (laughs) I think I was very overwhelmed my freshman year. I remember there was one week where I was just trying to do so many things. I think it was like the first week. And it was welcome week, and they had all these activities at all hours of the day. And I had like my first college classes and club meetings, and I was just trying to do everything. And I remember, like, I had slowed down for maybe one second. Like, I walked into my room and I put my bag down. I just like took a breath, and my hands were shaking. I was just like very overwhelmed, but not with nerves. I think I was just like overworking myself. And I feel like sometimes I still just work a lot and I don't take a break. And I think my advice to my freshman yourself is just, even though there's so much to do in college and you want to do the best that you can, it's even better to just take a break and let yourself relax and not do homework for a couple hours, not go to every one of those meetings. I feel like that's the opposite of what most people say, which is, you know, I'd tell my freshman yourself to get more involved, go do things, but I would say just relax (laughs) just a little bit. You have lots of time to do all the things you want to do, and even more opportunities come up later on, so just
1: take a little breather. I think
2: that still applies to my current self as well. But,
1: yeah, <laughs> I feel the same way. I feel like we're in a world where like everything is just moving so quickly or at least it seems that way that you can't just give yourself a break because you feel like you're going to miss out on something or uh, I think freshman year a lot of people have like a lot of FOMO and if I'm not out and then I'm not here and I'm not there then I'm missing out and I'm falling behind and But these people are posting this and why am I not there? And why am I not having that much fun? I would honestly say stay off social media a little bit because a lot of people try to post things to make themselves feel like that they are having the college experience that you should be having. But like, that's not true. And they're probably not, you know, like a lot of people use social media as like a manipulative tool to make it seem like they're having so much fun or that they're doing this and they're doing that. Um, you know, not trying to be mean, but they're just doing it like, just uh, like, I don't, I don't know, I guess it's just like an instinct that you're going to post it because you want other people to see it. But um, I would say, stop comparing yourself to other people, live in the moment, definitely live in the moment, because it moves so quickly. And, and it's it's really crazy that we're seniors, like it, it seems like just yesterday that we were freshmen. And and time really does fly as like, Corny as that sounds, like it really does. So, um, again, also, if like one thing goes wrong, like don't stress about that one thing, like you'll get through it. Like, one, if you fail something, it's not the end of the world. Like, you're gonna graduate, it's gonna happen, you know? Like, it's just like I feel like every, every misstep freshman year is just gonna help you get to the next one because you really do learn from your mistakes. So, um, yeah, my advice would be to relax, live in the moment, um, and, and stay off social media a little bit, or at least know when to use it and use it for like the right reasons. But, but don't compare it yourself. Like you have your own experience and, and you'll figure it out yourself.
2: Yeah, and the same way like everyone is struggling your freshman year. Like no one walks in on the first day and is having like the time of their life. Everyone is homesick. Everyone is overwhelmed. I remember I thought that I was the only one because my friends and I hadn't really talked about it because we were all trying to be like happy and like (laughs) like, we're happy. And we were sitting in the dining hall one night. One of my friends was just like, yeah, I've been really sad and homesick this week. And then we were all like us too. (laughs) We just had, we realized that we weren't like alone. Like everyone was struggling in the same way. And it's hard being away from home and it's overwhelming, but just know that it's not just you. Like everyone feels the same way and it's going to get way better pretty soon after the first, like, couple months of freshman year.
1: Yeah, I would also say just another just generic tip is, like, when it comes to making friends, everyone always, I feel like everyone always goes into college and, they're like, I gotta make friends, I gotta meet people, I gotta do this, I gotta do that, and, like, I gotta be best friends with my roommate, you know, like, I didn't even have a roommate going into freshman year because she Uh decided to not come, like, three days before, so no, they didn't replace anyone, and for me, everyone, like, I would say, like, the first month of school you guys could attest to this was just like with their roommate like no matter where you went you would always see just two people and you were like their roommates their roommates and I was like well I don't have anyone so what I did was I kept my door open I literally knocked on everyone's door on my floor and was <laughs> like hi I'm Skylar I live down the hall I don't have a roommate and they're like oh my god no way like you could be our third like come on over whenever you want so what I did was I just kept my door open and people would come in and out all the time and like that's how I met people and So I would say another tip would be don't feel like you have to like rely on somebody or find that one person. Like it's going to happen naturally. So just like be that free spirit, go out there, talk to people, like let your guard down. Like freshman year, I feel like is the year you can do that because everyone is in the same boat. Nobody knows anybody and people think they do, but they don't like just, they're all looking to meet new people too. So it's not going to be weird to just like go up to them and say, Hey, like, how are you? Like, they're actually probably going to be even more happy that you did that. So that would be my advice is don't stress about the friends, let them come naturally.
0: Definitely freshmen. If you're listening, take a breath, <laughs> you know, everything happens for a reason. It'll all work out. Um, and so ladies, my final question for you, and it's something that I asked all my guests, but who's your favorite girl boss? And it doesn't have to be in calm or journalism. It can just be someone who inspires you. Ooh. Good question <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and you can say more than one if you want
1: <laughs> okay yeah there's definitely a lot okay well I would say like my mom to begin with my mom has just done so much for me and she also worked in entertainment so she kind of like helped me through it all and especially at such a young age um with the experiences with 17 my mom was a publicist she worked in publicity and so um kind of introduced me to that world and what to expect and and what even is publicity you know because it is kind of confusing um and so when i was young i i started before i was even in high school so i always needed somebody to be with me at the events. so um i was able to take my mom a couple of times and so she kind of just like showed me the ropes which was really cool um so to learn that from someone like her was was really really great Um, And I'm honestly super blessed and thankful that she was able to like help me through it all and kind of like set my foundation for me to, you know, learn from and and grow from moving forward. Um, And so it's pretty cool now that she gets to watch me kind of do what she used to do and, and live in her, well, I guess I'm living in her shoes or she's living (laughs) in mine now that she's older (laughs) um, and doesn't, and doesn't work in the industry anymore. But um, so definitely her. Uh, but from like I guess like a celebrity standpoint, um, I I've been a big fan of okay Taylor Swift number one. I think she's just like <laughs> she's so like so real and like she she's been in the game for such a long time and she she there's like been like zero controversy around her. She's just been like such a just a good person and just such a great role model for young girls. I mean, girls of all ages can look up to her. Um, and, and she really doesn't like, she's one girl that really, I feel like just marches to the beat of her own drum and does her own thing. She doesn't like fit into, a, try to fit into a particular mold that like the industry tries to make people fit into. Um, and and she's real, like she's so real and you could really hear it in her music. So it's Taylor Swift for me.
2: <laughs> I've been listening to um, Fearless, the re-recorded for
1: the past <laughs> yes. 24 hours straight. So <laughs> Too good, too good. Yeah.
0: Even even that's like a girl power move. Like, you're going to take my songs. I'm going to do my own thing. Like, I don't need you. Like, I love that. Yes,
2: for sure. Exactly. I mean, I obviously have to say my mom too is my favorite girl boss. Um, she's just the best. And I feel like a lot of people can relate to their mom being their best friend, but I absolutely love her. Um, but she did not work in my industry. So I don't have the same story as Skylar, um, but she is one of the most supportive people in my life. Um, but as for a celebrity or someone else, I would have to say Wonder Woman. She's not a real person, um, but I do love her movies awesome. so much. Um, I have a little Wonder Woman mask, a little bobblehead. head. Um, she just inspires me to be a badass, strong woman.
0: And I really like it, yeah. I love it. <laughs> well, thank you ladies so much for your time. And this was so fun. I enjoyed having you guys on um, and just thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for, for
1: having us,
0: so much fun.